I'm Kathy Zaka. Hi, I'm Susan Offen. And I'm Laura Potter. And we're your hosts today for Pure Truth. We want to welcome you to our podcast and thank you for listening. Today, we'll be discussing kingdom versus religious mindset. How do we change our mindset and see things the way God wants us to? And our scripture for today is from James 1.27. It says, Real, true religion from God the Father's perspective is about caring for orphans and widows who suffer needlessly and resisting the evil influence of the world. That's good. All right, let's get started. So the subject of religion has been a hot topic since Jesus has been here on earth. And over the past 2,000 plus years, mankind has changed the concept many times. And I want to touch on that just a little bit. Y'all ready for this? Mm -hmm. All right, but before I do that, I just want to say this topic was difficult for us to do. Very. Yeah, it's simply because religion is a deep-hearted issue that when discussed can hit a very raw nerve in many people. So we had to really pray to make sure that we were were speaking the things that God wanted us to discuss because this is important to Him. You know, it's just, it's just... Something that he keeps speaking to me over and over again is that we got to do something different. Yeah, and the consensus the consensus is that we've been doing it the wrong way since Jesus was here. The good news is that God wants us to get it right, and in order to do that, we need to change our focus to God and His kingdom. Yeah, we will briefly review religion as it is now, but our main focus is going to be about having a, a you know a kingdom mindset. Right. All right. So religion consists of man made rules, and God never instituted that. Would y'all agree? Right. Yes. Right. We as humans added so many rules and regulations, and we made different religions and denominations. And over time, there's been much debate about biblical interpretations and how things are supposed to be done in the church. This issue has steadily grown into this gigantic problem, and many people are divided and confused about Jesus and what his purpose here on earth was for. So who is the author of confusion? Satan. Satan. And he's been stirring this pot since Adam and Eve were created. Right. Long time. Yeah, (laughs) long time. There's only one God, right? We all agree on that. Yeah. And we are all to have a kingdom mindset. It's on earth as it is in heaven. And are we doing that? No. No, far from it. We truly have overcomplicated all of it. Yeah. Why? Because the enemy brings in chaos, confusion, division, and so much more. And it shouldn't be this way. You know, I love what James says about religion. In James 1, 19 through 26, it says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the world planted uh, the word, sorry, the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror, and after looking at himself, he goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in, in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worth worthless yeah but as laura mentioned earlier in verse 27 it shows us what religion is in the eyes of god religion that god our father accepts as pure and faultless is this 
to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. I love that. I love that. So look after the orphans and widows and keep ourselves from being polluted by the world. Is that what we're doing now? Not really. No. No. <laughs> you know, there are many people in churches that are helping others, right? But if we're doing it right, no one's going to suffer. And there are so many people struggling all around the world, and our God doesn't want it to be this way. Yes, I agree. You know, Kathy, I read a quote by C. Peter Wagner. He said, A religious spirit is composed of archaic traditions and obsolete practices, and masterminded by the enemy of our souls. The spirit of religion seeks to keep individual believers and the corporate church stagnant and unaware of the call of the Holy Spirit for change. Wow. Mm-hmm. We witness the spirit of religion when the Pharisees failed to recognize the coming of Christ. Today, the spirit of religion can be so subtle that we are unaware of its impact, instead being deceived into believing that God is directing us. Only when we recognize the hold that this counterfeit religion has over Christianity can we be freed to experience the transformation of the Holy Spirit in our lives and in the heart of the church. Isn't that good? Oh, Very goodness. good. So good. So true. And, and can you read that again? There's just so much good stuff in there. I think our audience needs to hear that again. Yes, absolutely. He said, A religious spirit is composed of archaic traditions and obsolete practices. Wow. And masterminded by the enemy of our souls. That's Satan. That's Satan. Yes. Right. So point that out. (laughs) The spirit of religion seeks to keep individual believers and the corporate church stagnant and unaware of the call of the Holy Spirit for change. Wow. We witnessed the spirit of religion when the Pharisees failed to recognize the coming of Christ. Mm -hmm. Today, the spirit of religion can be so subtle that we're unaware of its impact instead being deceived into believing that God is directing us. Only when we recognize the hold that this counterfeit religion has over Christianity Mm, can we be freed to experience the transformation of the Holy Spirit in our lives and in the heart of the church. That's so good. You know, that's. I I just want to bring out, too, you know, the Pharisees, were they, they couldn't recognize the coming of Christ. And many people in the churches with a religious mindset. Yeah can't recognize that there needs to be change. Right. That there needs to be something different. You know, it's like, what is it? The definition of insanity is doing the same thing, th- same thing over and over again, but expecting change. Right. So if we're just expecting to keep doing the same old thing, riding around on the same train, and it's going to change, Yeah. you know, that we have to change our mindset. And, and we also have to understand that the enemy is great at deceiving us in right. subtle ways right it, it yes. starts out small you know right. the things that he does and he, the, the thoughts that he brings to our mind and and that we were okay with some of the things that are we see going on and you know in, in the churches but that's that's not how god wants it to be or even just gives you a defeatist attitude like yes. well we can't do anything how are we ever going to make that change well that's right. like too big of a, a problem to solve right. you know if everybody's saying that it's not going to work right at all. right Right. But, but that's why, you know, we're bringing this up today. Yeah. Kingdom you know? mindset, kingdom mindset. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, the biggest issue in religion is guarding up against a spirit of religion. Yeah. Yes. A spirit of religion is what Jesus came to free us from. Right. This does not represent God's love for us at all. In fact, it's demonic. Right. The very gift Jesus came to offer us was to save us from our sins when he died on the cross and was resurrected. God made a new covenant, new 
Mm-hmm. In which we could have our own intimate relationship with God through Jesus. Out with the old. Yes. In, in with, with the, the new. new. A religious spirit is a man-made effort to please God following certain rules and regulations regarding outward man to be in right standing with God. It's a clear violation of passages that teach us we are saved by grace and not by our own works. Amen. That's Ephesians 2, 8 to 9. Mm-hmm. Um, Here are some signs a person has a religious spirit. You judge others by appearance. In 1 Samuel 16, 7, it says, God judges us by our hearts, not our appearance. Right. I've done that. I've judged. Yeah. Well, sure. Yeah. I think most people can say that they've done that. Yeah. Don't judge a book by its cover. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yep. You try to conform to outward holiness instead of inward transformation. Yep. Right. Those who do this deny God's power. Jesus rebuked these people. Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. You try to earn God's love and salvation. We don't need to do that. No, we don't. Yeah. It's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> Another sign is you're always critical of other people's walk with God. The more religious a person is, the more critical they are of other believers and ministers. Mm-hmm. Religious people don't understand grace, and they walk in self-condemnation. Yes. They're also equally hard on other people. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Another sign is your closest Christian friends are based only on Christian activities. Yeah, that was me growing up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you perform Christian duties, but with no passion, no heart, no hunger for God. Right. Yeah. It's all of, I've got to do this. I have to oh, do yeah. this. Yeah. Performance. Get a badge. Yeah. <clears throat> right. Um, you desire position and honor in the church more than the honor of God. Wow. Yeah, uh, your identity is rooted in a lifestyle of Christianity instead of Christ. Yeah. Yes. You know about the truth of Jesus, but not the way of Jesus, which is communing with Him experientially. Mm. That, that reminds me of when He keeps saying, "This is the way of Yahweh." Yeah. Mm. So it is. It, even Him saying His name as Yahweh, and saying, "This is my way of doing things." It it is changing my mindset. Right. It's about doing things his way, not the way the church has been doing it, not the way you were brought up to do it, but his way. Right. Which breaks you from the mold. Yeah, and it just, you live a life of freedom and peace and love and joy and not all the other garbage that comes along with life when you're letting the enemy come in and and whisper those things. Deceive you. Yeah, Mm -hmm. deceive you. That's, That's a good way to put it. And one last line is you project righteousness, but inwardly are filled with anger and resentment. Yeah. John 3.30 says, Let him increase so we can decrease. When we try to reverse this, then we're merely by religious, merely being, being religious, religious right, and yeah. God will allow us to fail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This yeah. was so revelational to me. I, I wish I was taught this at a very early age. Oh, yeah. But I mean, you know, looking at this list, there's <laughs> at least over half of these, I've, I've done them. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, rec- me I recognize it now, but it's part of the awakening. Mm-hmm. Just, just, just changing the way that I think and changing my mindset and everything. But I mean, my gosh, there's so many people who are guilty of it, and and they don't even realize it. A lot of them don't even realize that they're living life this way, thinking it's the right way, but because you know that's what the enemy does. He subtly mm-hmm. comes in and just. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, we were raised the way we were raised, right? So right, you have to right. break out of that thinking. When you have an intimate relationship with Jesus, He'll point those things he out. Does. You know, He'll he He'll show you the you things back. that yeah need to be uncovered, things right. that need to be changed, 
you know. They'll convict you. Right, yeah. right. Because, you know, growing up in, in my church and, and in, just in my family, uh, you know, we were always taught things like you have to be separate from the world and, you know, don't associate with sinners. Yeah. Uh, it, it gave me a perspective that you, you know, should stay safe within the walls of your church and away from the rest of the world. Right. You know, it also gave me a judgmental attitude towards anybody that wasn't a Christian. I did. I was the same. <clears throat> yeah. Same thing. You know, yeah, and, and I, I was too. Yeah. Yeah. No matter what denomination we were, it's like that we were being taught the same things. Yeah. You know? Right. And it's not, a, it's not, I don't know that I felt bigger or better than other people. It's just that was my mindset was that I'm a Christian, so we're better people than the people that are not going to church. Isn't it interesting, you know, that, uh, I mean, Kathy and I were both in a Baptist church, right. you know, but even Baptist churches can be way different oh, yeah. from one another. And then yeah. you were from a Catholic church, Susan. Yes. And so, yet yeah, we were all taught the same thing, you know, don't associate with those other people. Yeah, over they're there. believers. Right. <laughs> Yeah, and so don't you think that was a ploy by the enemy to keep us divided? Yeah, and then you see how much the people that go to church, and you see how corrupt some of our churches are, and you see how, you know, even as church goes, we're not perfect people, Mm -hmm. and the people that don't go to church, they're all like, they're just, they sin, they just, it's the whole, it's the whole concept of, Everybody's. We feel like we 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 feel like we're doing a better thing because we're going to church, but yet we're still sitting out mm. outside of the church walls. Yeah. And the, the people that don't go to church are seeing that, and they're like, "Why would I want to?" If you're going to send there, and you're, you know, what's the point? Right. You know, it's it's again it's, that going it's, to church fixes it. Yeah. But I mean, still, it's, it's, it's good like good start. You got people on inside the church and people outside the church, people with God, without God, and yet we're all divided. Yeah. And that's what the enemy wants. That's what the enemy wants. Yeah. Divide, you know, we fall. Another thing that I always heard growing up, and I don't know if you guys did too, but it was the world is growing darker and yes. darker. And I just look forward to when Jesus is going to come and yes. he's going to rapture us away to heaven, End you know, times. on the rapture rug, right? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, whole life uh, I, I think since the 70s, I've heard that, yes. you know, yes, I'm dating myself. <laughs> <laughs> but this type of thinking is rooted in fear, not the power of God working through us and for us. I mean, this whole mindset has given many people that grew up in churches like that a very defensive mentality. You know, it totally cultivates a, a fear mentality yeah. of the world and Satan and not wanting having to, and anything to do with the world around us. But the Word of God, when you start looking at the Word of God, it actually uh, steers us in an offensive mentality. Right. You know, we're to rule and to reign with Christ, it says, and bring the things of heaven to the earth and make this earth a better place in which to live and subdue the earth like God created and, and commanded us to do in the beginning. Yes. Yeah, I like that. I like the whole de- defensive versus offensive. Yeah. Because before you have the Word of God in you, before you understand your authority, before you know who you are in Christ, we we operate in a defensive mode. We're always trying to fend off the enemy's attacks. Right. Yes. You know, and, and, and not knowing the power that we have and the authority that we have. So we kind of live in that defensive mode. And and it puts Satan on a pedestal it above does, us rather does. than below our feet, like God says. Right. But when you have the offensive mentality, I mean, once you know, once you know what, what the power you have, and you can just send that spirit or whatever it is mm-hmm. back to the abyss, back to the pit, it, it's just empowering for us because... We know how to overcome those things now, right. and we know what the enemy's plans are. Yeah, and, and we can 
put a stop right. to it. Yeah, it puts Satan he's on successful. the defensive mode. Yes. Instead, yeah. it, it flips the table. Love it. You know? Love that. And that's what we're, we're trying to do with a different mindset. A kingdom mindset flips yes. the tables on religion and right. says, no, 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 no. Right. Yes. <laughs> We've been doing it wrong. Let's yeah. do it this way. Right. You know, because that is God's way and it's successful. Yes. And the enemy cowers. Yeah. Right. Right. That's good. Yeah, yeah. because he yeah. knows that we've, uh-oh, they know their they authority. figured it out. They know what to do. Now what do I do? You know? Yeah. So until he comes up with another plan yeah. to deceive people, right. right, and pull them away. Yep. So again, I want to read um, James one twenty seven. It said, real, true religion from God, the Father's perspective, is about caring for the orphans and widows who suffer needlessly and resisting the evil influence of the world. And you know, for many, many years, this description of religion in the Bible could describe a number of Christian churches across the globe. It describes a picture of service to those who are in need without the support of family and that we should live a good moral lifestyle. But if religion is your idea of Christianity and the church, then hopefully this episode today is going to help you gain a better understanding biblically of what Mm -hmm. the church should be all about and how we need to change our mindset. Right. That's good. You know, and I read a really good quote the other day. It was from Dallas Willard, and it said, the gospel is less about how to get into the kingdom of heaven after you die and more about how to live in the kingdom of heaven before you die. That's good. Wow. Isn't that good? good? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, again, it's a, a change of mindset. Right. So Jesus talked more about the kingdom of heaven than he did about salvation, you know, because Jesus brought his salvation to us by his right. death, his burial, his resurrection. But he lived the example of God's kingdom for all to see and observe so we could follow his example. It, he was, his life was the best example for us. Absolutely. You know? yeah. And the theology I was brought up in emphasized salvation, you know, the knowledge of God's word and evangelism. Which many of the churches today still do the same thing, but right. there are so many of them that don't even come close to teaching those basic principles to their congregation. It's it's more about a worship experience or attracting large crowds and becoming a mega church, right. you know, to build up their numbers. We know the church isn't doing all that we should be doing, you know, by the present condition of our world today. But you know, I don't want this episode to become a complaint session, yeah. you know, about how badly the church is functioning today. Right. I want us to focus on how we can change our mindset and become who we're supposed to be. That's true. Yes. But we all know that things aren't right within God's church. But we are human. Right. Is there a perfect church? And our human condition is that we're, we make mistakes. Yeah. And then that's true, you know, but I, I think that that excuse of we're human, we only, you know, we're only human, we make mistakes, it's been said a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't want us to fall back on that. I want us to see that where did we go wrong? Where did we become deceived by Satan? Right. As mm-hmm. a church. That's so good. You know, where did the leaders become deceived? Yeah. Where did we go from the Acts church that began after Jesus, you know, died and rose and he ascended and he gave us the Holy Spirit in Acts 2? Right. So, the church was dynamic. It was taking over the world. You know, where were we deceived? Right. Where did we stumble? And where did we fall back into this mindset of religion? You yeah. Know? I mean, even even when Jesus was here on earth, though, <clears throat> we struggled with the Pharisees. You know, th- th- it, even then they didn't believe that that was Jesus. So I mean, it started even then, way back then, and I, that deceit. 
I guess the the enemy convincing those people that Jesus that was not Jesus, and that Jesus hasn't been here, you know whatever all that that brings, but I, I believe that's when it started was way back then, but it just grew and got worse. You know, look at where we're at now. Yeah, they just kept trying to prove him wrong. Yeah, when really he was right. Mm-hmm. Right, but I think that you know, Susan, what you said is you know we're only human. That's true in a sense. But Laura, I love what you said that you know we we got to stop giving it an excuse. You know, with the kingdom mindset, what do we do? We need to go to God. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's where we need to get all of our information, our revelation, our instruction, our guidance, everything, because He will show us how to do it right. Mm-hmm. And if yeah. we're doing it right, then we won't have the mess that we have right now. Well, and our eyes will be opened. The yeah. Pharisees' eyes weren't opened at the that's time. That's true. You know, that's, they, true. that's why they're deceived. And that's why we're even talking about it today and bringing it up, because it's important to talk about it. Yeah. Many of the churches aren't talking Nobody about it. Nobody talks about it. Right? And so we, we need to talk issue. about yeah. these things that we know are wrong, that we see, but we just don't even know what to do or where to begin. Yeah. Right? And so just talking about it and bringing up the discussion is some of the first things we need to do. Yeah. And, and we've come awakened to this because of our intimate time with the Lord. Right. He's the one who's been exactly. opening up our eyes and saying, There's, you know, what's wrong with this picture? Yeah, You know, this is not Changing the way things. that I have taught you to do it. This is right. not the way I lived out my life while here on earth. Right. This is not the example I set for you. Right. And, and I understand that, um, you know, people are getting saved in some of the churches, but it's more about not just getting saved, that's just the first step. Right. Yeah. You know, it's about living on this earth, living out a kingdom lifestyle, bringing about the things of God from heaven to the earth, and getting this, this world prepared and ready for his return. Yeah. And it's, I think it's taking the personal responsibility to, to have that time with God and, and a relationship, you know, instead of, just waiting to hear a sermon from a pastor each week. Yeah. Right. That's when you begin to discern what's really going on in the world. It goes back to being and, religious. Yeah. You know, you're just yeah. doing your duty. You're going to church. You're doing yeah. your things, you know. And then you go back and live your life the rest of the week, the, the, week, the, the way of the world. Yeah. You know? Right. But if you're doing it on a daily basis of, of seeking out the Lord, He's going to show you, you know, the things that we need to change and, right. and how we can change it. Yeah, He'll give us the instructions. I agree. Right. Yeah, there's so much to unpack or talk about with some of the things that both of y'all said, you know, really. And we want to clarify again that we're not saying that all churches are bad, right? Mm-hmm. And there are many right. that are truly doing good work for God's kingdom. But what the things that are going on in our world today, our churches are lacking in many areas. Mm-hmm. The focus has not been on a kingdom mindset. Right. So let's talk about that. What is a kingdom mindset? I found this definition on olivetree.com, and I thought it was really good. It, it says, <clears throat> excuse me, a kingdom mindset is a way of thinking that recognizes God's hand on your life. Mm-hmm. I love that. Oh. Our lives must show the fruit of our intimate relationship with God. If it doesn't, then we are allowing the enemy in somewhere, right? We can't be part Christian and participate in worldly ways, just as Laura was talking about, you know, going to church and then doing your thing, whatever you want to do the rest of the week right that's where that's right where satan wants us because it dishonors god and we must strive to live out our lives according to philippians 4 4 through 9 rejoice in the lord always i will say it again rejoice let your graciousness be known to everyone the lord is near do not worry about anything but in but in everything through prayer and petition 
with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and commendable, if there is any moral excellence and if there is anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. Do what you have learned and received and heard from me and seen in me and the God of peace will be with you. That's what we need. We need Mm -hmm. his peace. We need him to show us what to do. Colossians 3 verses 1 to 2 is also a good scripture to live by. It says, therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above and not on the things that are on earth. Focus on the things above and the enemy will not succeed in any area of your life. Yes, that's very true. Yeah. Whenever we've spoken to a good pastor friend of ours about guidance on life experiences, his answer is always, how is this furthering the kingdom of God? That's good. And so good. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. I'm just going to have to start remembering that, you know, and anything that I'm doing. Right. How's this going to further God's kingdom? That's right. You know, even it, you know, in the jobs that we choose or, you know, choosing to do this podcast. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, it's yeah. it's going to further God's kingdom. So, you know, that's these are the it should be like a top priority. Yeah. question that you ask yourself about everything that you do. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. we need to be asking that in every area of our lives. There should never be a time that we're not asking that question. Right. right. How is this furthering the kingdom of God? Mhm. You know, it's just too important. You know, I found an article written by Glenn Schultz, and the article is titled Developing a Kingdom Mindset. And it was a pretty good article. Glenn says, having a kingdom mindset is absolutely necessary. If we want to live a life that is pleasing to God, the topic of the kingdom is a key theme in the New Testament. Most of the references in the kingdom use the phrase the kingdom of God. However, the phrase the kingdom of heaven is also used when referring to the kingdom. In order to understand how important it is for Christians to develop a kingdom mindset, we need to consider the following. And I really loved uh, the list of details he he put here. It says, the kingdom of God is found 66 times in the New Testament. The kingdom of heaven is found another 32 times. And all of those are in the Gospel of Matthew. I never Mm. knew that. Uh, The term kingdom is found 154 times in the New Testament and 119 times in the four Gospels. And Jesus used the term kingdom 93 times alone. Mm, wow. Isn't that interesting? So Glenn goes on to say that recently I was doing some study on this <clears throat> subject and watching some teaching on the kingdom of God presented by Disciple Nations Alliance. This organization's emphasis is that Jesus is king and his primary agenda is to advance the kingdom of God by discipling all the nations. In the video he was watching, it says uh, one of its founders shared what he referred to as the essentials of a kingdom. And there are four key essentials that must be a reality if a kingdom is to exist. And they are, there must be a king. There must be subjects over whom the king rules. There must be laws and ordinances by which the king rules over his subjects. And there must be a realm or a a territory over which the king rules. In other words, God rules over all of us, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, God rules over all humanity. Whether we want to accept his authority or not, he loves all his children. We are his people. Amen. Everybody. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, to help shift our our focus and understand our position in God's kingdom, we need to see where we've been seated, right? Right. So like in Ephesians 2, 5 through 9, it says, Even when we were dead and doomed in our many sins, He united us into the very life of Christ and saved us by His wonderful grace. He raised us up 
with Christ, the exalted one, and we ascended with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm. You see that? Mm-hmm. We've been raised up to the glorious perfection and authority of the mm-hmm. heavenly realm. Think yes. about that. Yeah. For we are now co-seated, meaning sit, sitting right next to Christ. Yeah. Throughout the coming ages, we will be the visible display of the infinite riches of his grace and kindness, which was showered upon us by, by Jesus Christ. For by grace you have been saved by faith. Nothing you did could ever earn this salvation, for it was the love gift from God that brought us to Christ. So no one will ever be able to boast, for salvation is never reward for good works or human striving. That's good. So this verse helps us to see our position, where we're seated, like right now, with Christ at the right hand of the Father, ruling and reigning with, with Jesus and bringing the things of heaven to the earth. This is the position we're now presently in if we've accepted Jesus' invitation to be the Lord of our lives, right? So we have been cleansed and made new by the blood of Jesus, and we've become sons and daughters of the King of all kings. You know, we we lost that ability. Sadly. Right back, you know, you go back to the Garden of Eden at the beginning, when Adam and Eve first sinned, we relinquished, I can't even say it, we relinquished our authority then and there and gave up our God-given rights to rule the earth in fellowship with him. But God knew his children were deceived, and so he made a plan to give our rights back to us when he sent his son, Jesus. Amen. Can I just stop you there for yeah. a second? So when you say this in the scripture, we are now co-seated as one with Christ, I just want to add, like, in my past, yeah, that would be, you wouldn't be able to say that and put yourself on the level of Jesus. Right. I, I wasn't explained that or... You know, because your church background, you're talking about. Yeah, it would yeah. be sacrilegious. It'd be like, how how are you putting yourself? N- no, 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 no. no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what does the Bible say that Christians are? Doesn't the, the Bible say Christ calls us saints? Yes. Right. Yeah. And so we don't worship saints. We that would be like us worshiping each other. Yeah. Because if God, by His blood, by Jesus's blood, let's put it that way, by Jesus's blood, isn't that the ultimate cleansing? Isn't that the ultimate thing to raise us up and make us holy? I mean, nobody else's blood could do that but Jesus. So that makes us saints with him. There's no elevating us except Jesus. We're not doing anything on our own to cause us to be raised up to sainthood. No, we're seated. Only by the blood of Jesus are we caused, yeah, are we enabled to become saints of God, right? We're seated in heavenly places at the right hand of God. That's what the grace of God is all about. exactly true. It's done. Mm -hmm. We just have to awaken to it. And and so think about that. You know, you, you said that it was sacrilegious. So that means that that was taught, that was taught in a church somewhere that people think that they cannot have this type of relationship with Jesus. And Jesus and God, they're very personal beings. Mm-hmm. You yes. know, they, the love that they have, you can't be a loving God and and expect us to stay away from you in a relationship because, you know, he made relationships. You know, he gave Adam Eve and there was a love that flows there. And that's mm-hmm. an intimate thing. Yes. So if we're supposed to have an intimate relationship with God and Jesus, then how are we going to do that without that being able to approach them? Right. So when Adam and Eve were first created in the garden, yeah, they had a oneness with God. Right. They dwelled with Him in the garden. They worked with Him. They subdued the right. earth like He told them to. Right. They they created they things. Right. They named the animals. Yeah. They had jobs. Right. Okay. To do on earth. So, but when they sinned, 
then that brought that separation yep. between God and man. Everything changed. But when Jesus came, he renewed that covenant, covenant. between God yeah. and man. And so he brought us back to that original position that Adam and Eve were in. Were right. in. Right. And so with that's the way we need to see ourselves. Right. You know, it is like being in the garden. Right. It is being seated with Christ in the heavenlies. We sit at the right hand. The right hand means the authority yeah. Yeah. of Christ. Yeah. So, you know, and like we've been made partners with yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Right. I think you said earlier, put your crown on. Right, I did. You know, yeah. I said, put your crown on. Yeah. Understand who you are. Right. And and when you do, your your whole mindset changes. It changes. You're not groveling like some lowly servant. You know, you're standing side by side with Jesus and ready to do the work that he's and told your, you to do. And your heart yes. is full. Right. Because you're so intimate mm-hmm. with God that he just fills it. Right. He fills it in so many ways. And like you said, it changes your mindset. It changes the way you think. Right. It changes the way you live, the way you act, the way you speak, everything about you. Yeah. It's just because of that love just overflows. Yeah. That's how God means it. You know, and I, and and just through my history of, of me being an author and and putting myself out there because I've never put myself out there before this, you know, it is is hearing from people that are like they question me on on my intimacy with God. They're like, "How do you do that?" I'm like you, you just do it, mm-hmm. and and they don't. And I, 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 my heart hurts for them because they don't understand it. Because again, they weren't taught that, and it just goes back to if you have that intimate relationship with God, if you have that, um, if you're speaking those things and, and you're flowing with the Holy Spirit, He's going to show you all the things, all the things, and it's going to change you. You know, it's just so important that we we change our mindset. I think the intimacy with God is hard for people to understand. A lot of people. If think. they never had that with their parents. Or anybody. Or if they've not had children. Now, if you've had children, you understand what it means. Oh, yeah. If you love your so, kids, there's nothing they could do that would make you stop loving them. Right. And they may, they may mess up, but right. it's not like you kick them out of the house because they forgot to clean their room yeah you know yeah. you always it doesn't define who they are right right, right. that right you love that them unconditionally mistake. right and so if you understand uh having even an intimate relationship with your husband or your wife yeah. you know then you know that you can talk to them about anything you can you can work with them yeah. it's a lifelong process you know and so that's difficult for a lot of people to understand how do you yeah. have that intimacy but it really is about spending time alone with the Lord. You've got to make that time. Yeah, I I I do this every day. Yep. Now it's not because I have to; it's because I want, want to. to, and it's because when I I went to Him and spent time with Him out of obedience. Yeah. At first, it was because He was asking me to do it. Right. And I did it out of obedience. But when I went to Him and I I just made myself be alone with Him. Meditate with him, read his word, listen to worship Worship. music, and just start worshiping him. I directed all the that the words and the lyrics to him. It's a personal song being sung to Jesus. It changes your whole mindset. It's not about okay, I got to sit here and I got to read my Bible and I got to do this. It's not that. It's not a chore, right? Right. And it it may seem like a chore at first because you've not done this. Yeah. But then it becomes a practice and it becomes a love and uh, an enjoyment. And when you start hearing 
uh, the Holy Spirit to speak. Yeah, speaking to you and telling you things, and you're like, wait, what? You know, and you start hearing his voice. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. And then you can't wait to get back there the next day. Yeah. And I want to say, too, that, you know, when you talked about just when when you sing and you pray and you worship and you're talking and you're just, you know, your whole, your whole heart is just to show him love. When you do start hearing from him and when you do start understanding that he's speaking to you, do you guys, you, you know it, but the experience that that you get from that because Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit they are overjoyed. Right. When when they realize that you've worked hard for this and that you desire this relationship with them and this oneness with them so much, the intimacy and all that, and they and they you're finally able to have that breakthrough where you 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 can hear them speaking to you mm-hmm. or see things or whatever it is that God wants to bring into your life. They are overjoyed and it just brings them so much excitement and how can that not change you? Right. You know, you broke through and you find like, oh God, yes, yes, you're you're there for me. I know you are. And then have them like, hey daughter, how's your day going? Well, see, that's it goes back to what our topic is, you know, because it's like changing and breaking out of that religious mindset. Yeah, and and understanding the kingdom People is know. not about a have to, it's about what we get to do. Yeah. And that we've been deceived for a yes. long time. So even the right. thought of dreading going and spending time with God, yep. you gotta understand. That's really motivation that comes from the enemy, not God. Yeah. Because the first time I had to sit and spend time in prayer with God, I was like, really? What am I going to pray about for a whole hour? (laughs) You know, that was my first thought. And now I'm like, you know, oh my gosh, somebody slapped me, right? (laughs) Because it's a joy and it's a pleasure. But when you listen to the lies of the enemy, he's going to say, what are you going to pray about for a whole hour? You know, that's what you're going to hear. And that's him trying to keep you from going into from this prayer. gem. I mean, seriously, it's like finding a treasure chest when you spend time with God like this. That's why we can't talk, you know, stop talking about it. Yeah. Because right. it's so wonderful. It's, it's so good. And we've beautiful. been deceived for a long time. Yeah. yeah. And the beauty of it is he speaks all day long, not yeah. just the prayer time. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. You just learn to know his voice. Yeah. yeah. So getting back on our topic, yeah. I mean, it's still our topic, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, um, Jesus did everything, you know, all of his sacrifice. It made everything, made us right. Yeah. It made us right with him so we wouldn't have to be separated, right? Right. right. So the salvation isn't just so we could be saved from our sin, but it's to live a good life and to be, you know, to be with Jesus like we're talking about. Yeah. It's also to empower us and to bring the things of heaven to the earth and command that the things of this earth be aligned, you know, with God's plans and purposes and bringing peace to everyone and everything around us. Because like in Matthew 16, 19, it says, And I will give you the keys to of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That's good. I mean, see, so he's giving us a command here yeah. and, and showing us how to do these things. So when we see injustice taking place on the earth, uh, we can command these strongholds of evil to be broken down and that leaders with ungod, you know, like here's an example, you can command that the leaders of ungodly, that have ungodly intentions, that's what I'm trying to say, for our country or our world, when you see evil leaders, you can either, you know, they, you can pray that they either come to a place of repentance or yes. that they be removed from their position of power. Right. See, that's right. just an example. So, forbidding the things to take place here on the earth that don't line up with God's purposes for for this earth and for his people. Yes. 
Yeah. You know, and, and like another example uh, of what the kingdom of heaven on earth should look like is mentioned in Matthew eleven four through 6. It says, Jesus answered them, give John this report. The blind see again, the crippled walk, lepers are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised back to life, and the poor and broken now hear the hope of salvation. And tell John that the blessing of heaven comes to those who are not offended over me. So good. So that was when Jesus was sending word to John the Baptist to to reassure him, you know, that he was the Messiah, and that he had come to bring the things that they saw taking place, you know, through Jesus' ministry. But people were being healed and raised from the dead. They were, you know, they were hearing God's message of hope, and it was being preached. And these things being done and practiced by Jesus were the evidence of the kingdom of heaven taking place here on earth. You know, these things are taking place right here on earth right now, but these types of miracles happen only like every once in a while, here and there. You know, you hear about it in some churches and 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 ministries. But honestly, right now, I'm praying for an outpouring of God's glory where this will become like a regular practice wherever God's people are gathered because that gives the definition of those who work in the kingdom of God. Right. right. You know, you're going to see people healed. Yep. Uh you know, all those kind of things. Um, <clears throat> it says in another verse, Acts twenty eight thirty one, he boldly preached without, this was Paul, he boldly preached about the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ and nobody stopped him. Yeah. You know, in this verse we see Paul, he's in prison. He continued to keep preaching and no one was stopping him. But Paul didn't value his own life over salvation right. of those you know who desperately needed to hear about his kingdom. So that's, again, we don't want to you know, just think selfishly and just think, well, that's not my problem. You know, yeah. It is our problem, right? Yes. Yep. You know, so how many of us are afraid to even speak to our waiter or waitress when we sit down to dinner and ask them if we could pray for them and before we even bless our own food? Right. You know, how many of us publicly bless our food while at a restaurant? I mean, I grew up doing that. I still continue to do it, but we do too. Yeah, yeah we you do. know, I feel like less and less. I I haven't seen it I much. I don't from, see it very much. I love it when I see other people praying. Me too. You know, over their their food and the waiter waitress will actually stop and wait. You know. Yeah. And I'm like, that's awesome. I just yeah. want to go over and say, yay! You know, I mean, <laughs> high five, <laughs> high five, right? <laughs> but I'm not pointing the finger at anybody. I'm just trying to help us open our eyes to see how far we've come from where we're supposed to be. And I mean, that's just really small things, people. Yeah. Well, I mean, praying over your food is not like, you know, a big deal. It's just something we practiced in our family. But I mean, it's, it is something that we do as the kingdom. We, we ask God to bless our food, right? Right. You know, and I, and I, I say we, I'm talking about we, because I'm, I'm really talking about myself here too, yeah. because I'm All guilty of, of doing a lot of stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. I, it's just making me think of the schools too. The, right. That um, they've taken out the Pledge of Allegiance. Yeah. Yeah. Because it has God in it. Or even taking a knee, you know, and and praying before a football game, how that's been, you know. Taken away. We've lost a lot of ground, and it's time for us to get it all back. Right. Yeah, Yeah, that's kingdom mindset. That's what we've got to do. Right. You know, in Matthew 16, 18, it says, Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Amen. So in that verse, Jesus is saying he's building his church. It's referring to, and that that phrase is is a Greek word. It means ekklesia. Yeah. But this term spoken by Jesus is referring to a governing church, a governing body of Christ. 
that was to rule and to reign over the world and bring it into God's divine order. And it says that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That means that if we do our job as we should in ruling and reigning with Christ using the authority that he's given to us, then hell or evil will not prevail on this earth, but God's kingdom and his people will. We got to put it into action. That's right. Right? And like it says in Mark 12, 30 through 31, it says, and you got to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. The second is equally important, right? Love your neighbor as yourself. Amen. No other commandment is greater than these. So that verse right alone just describes a life of intimacy with God the best because what follows is your pursuit in a pursuit of God is a natural desire to reach out and love others as Jesus loved us. Yeah. Yes, that's right, Laura. Mm -hmm. So this natural overflow causes us to desire to have community with others. Right. We were created for community. I mean, John 13, 34 says, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. Yep. In our individualistic society, many of us feel alone and other times lonely. Yeah, that's right. Some of us are conditioned by our culture to believe we're better off by ourselves and think we don't need the help of others, which is actually a spirit of pride. Right. right. The gospel, however, and all of scripture for that matter, reinforces the truth that we are created for community. Yep. God created us not to be isolated beings, but rather people who live life with others. None of us are perfect. We all need encouragement, edification, and support. Absolutely. Because the devil roams around seeking to devour, kill, and destroy. Think of a sheep by itself. If they're isolated, they are alone without a shepherd and no protection. Right. All sheep usually congregate close to other members of the flock, and they become stressed when separated from flock members, and they need a shepherd just like us. We need our shepherd, Jesus. We sure do to protect and guide us individually as well as flock to live life with. Mm-hmm. They are prey species, and their only defense is to flee. Sheep display an intense gregarious social instinct that allows them to bond closely to other sheep and preferentially to related flock members. Flock mentality movements protect individuals from predators. That's, mm-hmm. that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're referred to a lot in the Bible, right? right. We're his sheep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For example, there's the parable of the lost wandering sheep in Matthew 18. He says, what do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the 99 on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, truly I tell you, he's happier about the one sheep that's about the 99 that did not wander off. Mm-hmm. In the same way, God, your Father in heaven, is not willing that any of we these little ones should perish. Yeah, that's good. You know, I remember sitting with a person who was incredibly offended by a comment she heard in church, and she didn't want to return to the church. Right, yeah. This is exactly where the enemy wants to get us. Isolated alone so we can attack our thoughts until we believe his lies. I've been there. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Instead, maybe God wants us to communicate with one another, even if it's awkward, to maintain healthy relationships. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's, um, I have an example for this. In college, I lived in Spain, and uh, I had uh, friends. I was living in Spain. My friends were all in Rome, Italy, and I thought, oh, it's Easter. I'll go take a train ride and go visit them. They invited mm-hmm. me. So I ended up taking a train ride from Barcelona, Spain. Uh, how old were you? Were you young? I was 23. Oh, okay. And... Uh, 
I got I I got on the train ride and as we started riding we were in our compartment probably like maybe six or eight of us people were in this compartment sitting like sardines on a, on kind of like a bench mm-hmm. and there was a shelf above us and below us to th- store our bags mm-hmm. okay and um usually people do go to a sleeping compartment because it's all it was a very long trip yeah. okay so you were traveling at nighttime too yeah night. i was in college i couldn't afford a sleeping well, yeah I <laughs> but um and this hu- huge man came in and I don't know what drug he was on. It kind of seemed like cocaine, maybe. I don't know. He was super hyper and sweating. sweating. And yeah. yeah. And he mm-hmm. just started going through all of our bags, I think, looking for money is what I'm imagining. And nobody knew what to do. And we just kind of sat there. And I sat there very nervous because I was alone. Mm-hmm. Well, were you, is it just a group of women? Or was there men in there? No, it was mixed. Okay. So None of us really knew each other. It was in the middle of the night? like Yeah. It, okay. it was black. It was very dark. And Did he say anything? Did the guy speak? He just went He didn't. Room? He had a mission. He was just scurrying through all the bags. Rummaging zipping, through everybody's yeah, stuff. Mm-hmm. Trying to find quick cash, I'm sure. I don't wow. know. Mm-hmm. But it made me very Scary. nervous and fear, you know, fear hit. Yeah. And, uh, and then finally I arrived and I just well, was... Well, did he just leave or did y'all... He did. Sorry. Yeah. He just went out the door and okay. um, we were all just relieved. Like, what left. was that? Yeah. yeah. What was he doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so he he left, and then I spent a week in Rome with my friends. But I knew all along in the back of my mind I had to go back. Yeah, you're dreading this, the oh, trip the back, trip isolation. Back. Yeah. In the yeah, and so um, when I got to the train, I actually found a family from Spain and asked if I could praise God ride along with them. It was a mom with her teenage uh, boys. Good. And they were like, absolutely, you know, come sit with us. And so I rode with them all the way back, and I just felt safe. I mm-hmm. felt protected. And yeah, because you were in a group. Yeah, community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that's that's what you know Christ was saying is is you need to stay in community, you know, just like the sheep. And one one strays away, and what happens? You know, the enemy picks them off. Yeah, and so that's a really good illustration of just wanting and desiring to want to stay in a group, stay in community, so you're protected. Yes, you know. I mean, attacks happen when mm-hmm. people go alone. So, yeah. I mean, look at our history. There's people of multiple generations used to live under the same roof. Right, I, I did. I yeah. had my grandma in her home. Mm-hmm. We are so much more indivi- individualistic today, a culture, mm-hmm. and we rely on ourselves and live far from where we were raised. Our connections happen at work, the gym, so they're fickle and short-lived. Um, we can see in individualism and disconnectedness in the church. Right. Mm-hmm. Many That's people true. continuously date churches and never stay long. Right. One may even stake a claim but remain on the margins. Yeah. And many attend masquerading, pretending life is perfect and all is okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yet, individualism is not God's design. Not at all. No. After all, God is in community himself. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Right. Yep. He created us to participate in the triune relationship. Mm-hmm. Scripture's all about community. Following death, resurrection, and ascension of Christ, God that instituted the church, the body of Christ, as a community of believers. Right. You know, so as Susan just pointed out, we can't function as God's church without coming together as a unified community or a body and move forward without making some big changes, right? You know, and, and with the proper mindset, 
we, instead of hiding from the world, can change the laws. You know, as a church, we can change our government, our educational system. We can create jobs which create wealth. Right. And that, so that, you know, we can love and bless people so everybody can prosper. Right. Which is all what God wants for his children. Yes, right. amen. Right? So yes. it's, it's when we hide away from the world and listen to the enemy and leave everything to other people to lead our country, yep. our cities, and educate our children, that we leave everything in the hands of everybody else that's outside of God's kingdom purposes. And our society becomes basically what it is right now, which honestly, it's a current, I mean, currently it's a hot mess. You're right. You know? It is. It's like when you've worn an old pair of glasses, like, for example, for many years, and they've become comfortable, and seemingly they work well for you, but all of a sudden they break, and you have to go get, you know, tested and get some new glasses, and you put on the new glasses with stronger lenses, and all of a sudden, your eyes see everything clear, and you, you can see things you didn't even see before. It's like a whole new world has opened up to you. And I think we're long overdue for getting a new pair of glasses, don't you? Yeah, that's a good vision. <laughs> and see ourselves, you know, the way the, that the world, in the world that God gave us in a whole new way. Right. We need to drop the old church mindset and become the ruling and reigning church that God intended us, you know, to be in the first place. Yeah, yeah that's yes. so true, Laura. And it's unfortunate, but the church has shied away from many political issues because of persecution. They're, right. They're afraid that they're going to get shut down. You know, and the majority of churches are not even talking about the mess that the United States is in right now, mm-hmm. as well as the rest of the world. Right. You know, that needs to change. We're only hurting ourselves by not taking a stand on what is right and what is true according to God's word. And this verse from Second Timothy th- uh, chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, it says, But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to their parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, and having a form of godliness but denying its power. And from such people, turn away. Mm-hmm. Isn't that where we're at right now? Right. Yeah. Where's our faith? You know, if we're taking a stand for what is true and right, don't you think that God's going to show up? Right. Yeah, he's, he yes. absolutely will. Like like the sheep. we yeah. got to stay in community and stand strong together. Yeah, yes. because united. We stand. Divided. divided we, we fall. fall. Right. Yeah, and our job as God's ecclesia is to speak his truth and to silence the enemy with his lies and distorted words that he whispers in our ears. Mm-hmm. And once, we've got, once we have God's truth within us, we have the weapons to overcome the enemy and all of his lies. This kingdom mindset will put a stop to religion and all the chaos and confusion that surrounds it. Yeah. Amen? Yes. You know, churches today are not talking about what's really going on in our world. And a lot of them are, are, are run like a business. You know, I'm not saying that all churches are like this, mm-hmm. right? And in some aspects, yes, I understand that bigger churches require more responsibility. But when the focus is more on those things and what God wants, mm-hmm. which is what was mentioned in Ephesians 2, 5 through 9 that Laura was talking about earlier, mm-hmm. where we are co-seated with Christ, we understand fully our identity in Christ, and we learn to listen to his commands and bring the things of heaven to the earth. We will start ruling and reigning as God's servants here on earth until Jesus returns. If we are not doing these things, then we will still have the same old problem, right? right? We right. don't want that. We want to change it. Right, right. And to address the, the issue of churches not talking about what's really going on in our world today, I want to say this. 
I've been seeking a personal, intimate relationship with God for over two years now. And during that time, he has revealed to me that many things are not right all around the world. Mm -hmm. Many others are waking up and realizing the same thing. And it's time to quit ignoring this very real issue. And together, we need to unite and stand strong because the fight is going to continue until all the enemy has been doing is revealed and destroyed. Right. The enemy loses. You know, that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. And God doesn't want any of his children to lose with him. So we must take authority now over the things we have control of. And just as the enemy has control here on earth, we have control over every single thing the enemy does. The enemy wants all of us to believe that there are some good things in every religion or denomination, but it simply isn't true. That's where the chaos and the confusion, you know. Our God is not a God of chaos and confusion. We should only be seeking his truth, and that is where peace, joy, love, and freedom reign. It's our job to take his truth outside the four walls of the church. Amen? Right. Yes, we amen. need to get rid of the old way of thinking, the old wine old wineskins, mm-hmm. you know, which is religion. We need to have a kingdom mindset. We need to live out God's truth in our everyday lives, at work, at home, when we're at the store, we're at the restaurant, wherever we go. We need to stand out among the crowds, and our light needs to shine bright from within us. And once we have a kingdom mindset, we'll be able to see things from God's perspective and things will change here on earth. All right? right. Yep. yep. All right. Well, that's all we have today, guys. This was a very passionate subject for us. <laughs> and, and our hope is your hearts, or is it that you hear our hearts today. Yeah. There's no condemnation and no judgment. We love everybody. And we only want to speak God's pure truth and show you his heart. Right. Things need to change. Amen. 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 All right. We hope you enjoyed our discussion today. And we hope we answered the question on how to change your mindset and see things the way that God wants us to. Next week, we'll be talking about The Awakening. It's going to be a two-part series, and you don't want to miss it. Yeah, and, and we want to close with this scripture from Matthew 6, 33. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything that you need. Yes, and today's yes. episode was edited by Caitlin Beck. Thank you, Caitlin. We appreciate all you do for us. Mm-hmm. And before you go, we invite you to please leave a written review anywhere you listen to this podcast. The more positive reviews we receive will lead to more listeners that God can reach. Also, please subscribe. We would appreciate it very much. Yep, And thank you for listening and allowing us to pour pure truth into you today. And we would love to hear from you. So please email us at puretruthpodcast3, that's the number three, at gmail.com. All right. Thank you. And please visit our websites. It's kathyzaka.com, chosentowrite.com, and susanoffin.com. And we hope you'll join us next time. And remember, live thirsty. Thank you, and may the Lord bless you and keep you, and may His face shine upon you and give you His peace. Until next time, Susan, Laura, and Kathy. Electric Acid. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonize your mind, body, and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together we explore vibrations, frequencies and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. 
I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast. Electricast.